Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Welcome back to Vacay. I am your host, Lisa Hamilton. Thanks again for joining me. I have to be honest with you from the top here. You're you're coming to me on day three of a pretty horrific hangover. Um, I'm one of those people that, that doesn't really get a hangover. Sorry to rub it in. But when the universe uh, decides I need to be humbled, it, it really freaking hits me with a big old dirty hangover so I'm sorry if the silky voice just isn't quite there today but I'll be back don't you worry but also maybe not because uh, we are entering into silly season (laughs) okie dokie I'm not just sticking around here telling you about my hangover I would be so appreciative if you opened up Instagram typed in at vacay podcast hit that follow button Maybe pop one of those new Italian hand emojis on my most recent post. Get a little engagement going. Be ever so appreciative of that. And of course, wherever you consume your podcasts, uh, Vacay is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, pretty much anywhere where you can consume your podcasts. She's there. She's thriving. She's doing her best. Yeah, if you can subscribe, maybe leave a review. I would uh, love that so much. Um, okay, enough from me. I need to go and stick my head in a bucket of ice. And you guys need to get to today's episode. It's a really fantastic one. Lovely chat with someone who I have admired for a really long time. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Vacay. Today's guest is a doozy. She has become one of Australia's most impressive media personalities, gracing our TV screens ever since making her big break as a finalist in Channel V's Fresh Meat competition. Since then, she has become a mainstay in the entertainment industry, interviewing some of the biggest celebs in the world. She's a gamer, she's a podcaster, she's a presenter, and she's just a very cool person. Welcome, Maud Garrett. Ah, oh, thank you. I, it's so funny. <laughs> I've been out of Australia for eight years, and yet I still have that Australianism when someone's like doing your intros and building you up. I couldn't make eye contact. I was <laughs> mildly perspiring. It's like, ah. Oh. Anyway, how are you, Lise? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I mean... I'm watching watching from a distance everything that's going on in LA. I can only imagine it's um, a little bit hectic living there at the moment. Yeah, just a deep, deep inhale and exhale <laughs> with that. It's weird. Like America cannot fathom just staying at home and getting the freaking curb just nipping that in the bud. Uh, yeah. It's And then on top of that, just having – an idiot of a president like who's as dangerous as he is stupid so yeah it's so it's so strange it's been a really testing year for a lot of people yeah when when did you move to LA when did you make the big January 2013 wow so you're you're a local you're you're fully yes and no it's like I've been here for so long but I've always ever thought of it as temporary 
it's never been a relocation. So I feel like I've had one foot in Australia and one foot over here for so long, even though I haven't been home since February 2019, and I don't imagine I'll be able to go home next year. So so you're kind of stuck there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What is it? What is it like living in in LA? Because I always find it to be such a, a polarizing travel destination. When you mention it to Aussies in particular, you either get like quite a visceral, angry reaction, like LA's not that good, or you get people who really love it. Why do Why do you think Aussies have such a, a big reaction to LA when it comes to being a travel destination. It's funny because when you're outside looking in, you already have a predetermined notion of what Hollywood is. But when you get there, Hollywood is like a real dud of a street. Like it's gross. (laughs) There's just sadness kind of like all around. There's people dressing up as characters just trying to get money. Um, The actual like part of Hollywood is really sort of like full of despair. Um, But it's like, it's West Hollywood that's actually the glamorous sort of like part of LA that everyone talks about, uh, which is where a lot of um, Australians will first move. And I did the same thing. I, I first moved to West Hollywood and hung out with like almost exclusively Aussies for the first year, my roommate, everyone that I was hanging out with. And then I realized I moved countries only just to have a mini Australia. And I was like, I've got to, if I'm going to be here, I want to kind of like understand and live in America Um, and you know in in my local Friday night venue it was a band playing and you would look around and it was every single ex-neighbors and home and away person all in the same (laughs) bar just having beer and I was like this is cool but I need to I need to branch out that's it go to the next (laughs) place but I mean you can do LA in different ways you can really follow the scene and want to get bottle service and go to all the clubs and not line up and have your hand on your hip at all like the big red carpets or you can do what I did and that was just stick my head down and work um, and not get sidetracked or bogged down by all of that celebrity and fame stuff and I completely matrixed past all the advice of like fellow colleagues and Australians saying like just wear brand names and have a nice car and look like a celebrity and you'll be treated like a celebrity. And I think I just vomited on myself. And I was like, that's so, I don't want that. I've never wanted fame. And like, yeah, it's, it's, you, there's a fork in the road and you choose your path. For sure. And, and speaking of work, what has kind of materialized for you since moving there? Obviously, as you mentioned, like so many Aussies in the entertainment industry make the big jump over, but it really is about forging your own path there. I want to talk to you a little bit about, I guess, how maybe hard it was when you first got there to kind of like get roots in the ground and and what has sort of materialized for you work-wise because you have become super successful over there. So congrats for that. (laughs) Thank you. Actually, the first couple of years were the easiest because I went over there with a job. I was taking over Osha Gunsberg hosting the Hot Hits Live from LA. So I had the job ready to go. Um, All the work was lined up. It was red carpets and junket access and like honestly hitting the ground running. And I didn't even have time to kind of get lost or figure things out. I was just in it Um, and like traveling not only around America, but internationally for all these junkets. And I was like, this is great. But that stopped after two years. And that's when it kind of got a little bit tricky because like straight away, people that I was working with, 
um, as soon as we became freelance, that's when the clause came out and it was like trying to cut me out of the picture even though we were no. working together for so long. And I was like, oh, this is the part of the industry that I just didn't know about and now I'm experiencing firsthand. Um, so I did the freelance thing and then I got into digital media and I feel like <laughs> I feel like Australia is really behind in terms of podcasting, digital media and where like content creation is going. And I feel like digital media has almost like it's onto its next evolution before Australia has even started. So the last five years for me, I've really been exploring and understanding digital media and what it's like to be an online content creator. And that's been thoroughly exciting and Australia I can't wait for you like it's going to be real great when you're there oh my gosh I know exactly what you mean because I've been working in digital media for the past five years as I guess a digital media presenter and the way that you're treated at these media opportunities red carpets junkets it's like "Mm, okay the .com.au's you can come in now after all the big tvs I'm like Sorry, no one's watching like these. We're getting like millions of views on these things and they're still like, I know, Australia. Love that internet thing you're doing. Australia just loves traditional media and they will always glorify it and it will be the weightiest thing there. But it's really funny. Yeah, you're exactly right. The generations that are like tech savvy are consuming media in a very, very different and unique way. And it will, the switch will happen. Yeah, well, I mean, media at large isn't doing great in Australia at the moment. COVID certainly hasn't helped out there. But I'm excited to see what happens next and I guess how it bounces back from this and, and hopefully there will be like a an emphasis on digital. Yeah. Look, it's it's taken a huge hit over here as well, if it makes you feel any better. Like we call yeah, it the COVID it culling. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, yeah, it's been been a kind of fuck time um but I want to go I want to go back to LA because as I said yeah quite a, a visceral response but I I loved LA and the the times that I've been fortunate enough to go there for work and also travel for me hello puppy that's Zelda Zelda also loves LA <laughs> Zelda's American that's so weird like I adopted and I adopted a dog over here does she does she sort of think that your accent is funny do you think like do you think she barks in american (laughs) bark bark (laughs) no it's a bark zelda come on (laughs) oh my gosh trying to trying to teach her her heritage her mother's heritage (laughs) um yeah so i love la like i love all the the quirks and the fact that Hollywood is a bit scat, you know, like the, the air of desperation is so palpable, but I like, I love that because it's people that are going there and just fucking putting everything on the line. They're going to this place, like the electric scooters. Like I I know this sounds, sound really like trite for an Australian, but like just the weed shops that you can walk into, like all of it. I just loved it. And I don't know, is it just because I enjoy the entertainment industry and I'm, I'm invested? That's a really good question because it's like I, I'm trying to remember that time where it was like what was super new and exciting for me, which is now my norm. Uh, I know that everything smelt really sickly sweet over here initially or it smelt like pot, like just waves of marijuana and you're like, oh, contact high is a thing. Um, I think – 
you know what the biggest difference is that I am really 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 excited about and what I love and why I think I've stayed over here so long (laughs) yes everyone's got a dream everyone wants to make it but the worst version of this is people want to see you succeed and help you so that they can cash in on that favor the worst version of that in Australia is tall poppy syndrome and if you get an iota of success you get shat on and cut down so no one wins, oh, yeah. but in LA, they're trying to make sure that everyone wins. And I think that that for me has been the biggest eye opener where it's like, you know what, if the worst thing is that you help me out or you put me in contact with someone and then you're, you know, you come knocking and you're like, Hey, you did really well. It's my turn now. What have you got for me? You know what? You earned it. Favor is a currency here. And I'm so about that because back home, There's so few jobs that if you get one, people hate you for it. And I have experienced, I I haven't had beef with anyone in LA and I've been here for eight years. I was in Sydney for seven years and I'm pretty sure there's a handful of people that would like to see me be hit by a bus. Oh my God. Because I was working and I did the jobs that they wanted to do. Shame on you for being good at your job and being successful, you know? It's it's a weird one. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's competitive because there's so few opportunities out there. Totally. And it's like, it, and I myself have experienced that, but it, I find that it's so like, okay, maybe systemic is being a bit dramatic, but it's like people do it unconsciously. It, it's yeah. almost not even a, a decision to just completely cut someone down and get in their way. It's a default reaction, 100%. And I had a girlfriend that every single time I was caught in the papers on the Sunday with the hand on the hip at an event, she made a point to be like, ugh, ugh, look at you, ugh. And I was like, you know what? All of those clippings got me a visa to be able to go to the US because the US is so obsessed with fame that all of those times that I was at the event looking like, you know, I got an invitation they actually loved that and that's what got me um, access. So it's like I, I kind of knew that I was slogging it for the long, the long haul. But if, that, but if that meant, you know, making an appearance at an event and getting those risotto balls, I miss risotto <laughs> balls. Every event would have risotto balls. Ah, oh. The free food. Yeah. I, I miss that about events. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, t- I totally hear you, but I'm – been trying to trying to do some work on myself and and really understand that those reactions from people it's them it's so it's you just can't take that on as hard as it is because it fucking hurts when someone actively sets out to like shit all over your success yeah it's a weird feeling to not have anyone be happy for you yeah so it's like you gotta lead by example oh thanks love i just think you have to lead by example you know like if if you want to if you want people to be happy for you, be happy for them. You know, we're all in it to win it. And I had a friend over here. The very first thing she did was um, introduce me to all of her friends. She got me work when I needed it. Uh, She let me house sit when, you know, just amazing, amazing connections and access and things because she was like, it was really hard for me and no one helped me. And I don't want that um, for anyone else. So here is everything on a plate for you. And I was like, great. Now it's like my job to then pass that on to the next person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, should I ever move over to LA? I might um, give you a call. I have a couch with your name on it. Actually, it's a blow-up mattress. <laughs> That's little, okay, as long as little Zelda's there and I can give her a little cuddle. Zelda will be obsessed with you. <laughs> um, Have you ever walked 
onto a set because last time I was in LA for work, I literally found myself on the um, the lot for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I was like, that oh. that was really really cool. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino would like basically shut down streets, but not really. So you could still walk around them, but all of the shop fronts and sets were all in place because he wanted it to look as authentic as possible. That's cool. Uh, I haven't had that so much, but I have done many a set visit, whether it was in Canada or right. Atlanta or in LA. Um, and it's such a mind trip because it almost wrecks watching TV and movies because every single time 100%. there's an, inter- an interior shot, you're like, that's not even in a house. It's on a soundstage. I know. Like be- working for like a television network for so many years, I can't, I cannot watch TV. I cannot watch reality TV, like nothing because it's just the, the illusion is gone, but it doesn't stop me from being like totally enchanted by the whole industry. It's weird. It's a weird kind of. Reality TV is the worst for it. When someone's like, oh my God, there was so much tension between them. I'm like, no, no, no. They're actually making it look like there's silence right now, but she's listening to her talk. And so she's kind of nodding along and just listening. She's not making a point. There's no tension. It's the edit. (laughs) Oh, I'm so disillusioned by reality TV. I once uh, listened to a talk from a, a major executive producer and he said, um, the sweet spot for getting the perfect reality TV um, talent is a, having a borderline personality disorder. With, without even blinking his eyes, he was just like, next question. I'm like, sorry, hold on. So you're exploiting people and like and, making their mental health, like you're basically knowing all the, the chinks in the armor to exploit them for the best content. And then just being like, quite cavalier about saying sometimes they do go over that side and and we have to sort of take them off the show and I'm like you're a bad person have you seen that amazing show which was it's a scripted drama but based on like a behind the scenes of a bachelor type reality show yeah what's that called it's got the worst name because I can never remember it it's like closed or I know exactly what you're talking about, and sh- and it's a the Shiri Appleby is in it. Yes, she's the main yeah, like line producer, and she gets really close to them. So they unreal, unreal. Yes, that was such yeah. an amazing inside of a show, but it made me feel physically ill sometimes because yeah. it was just so gross and convoluted and soul crushing. But that's totally. that's like, I've got friends over here that are reality TV producers, and I'm like. Yikes. <laughs> That's yeah, a I mean, choice I, you've made. I'm complicit because I, I worked for somewhere that <laughs> was funded by these reality TV shows being successful. So it kept me in a job for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I feel, feel a bit bad about that. <laughs> hey, anyway. It's not good. <laughs> okay, so you're, you've been in the entertainment industry f- for years now. You know Hollywood. You know movies. You are probably one of the most knowledgeable people um, out there t- to know factoids and, and movies and sets and actors. Um, so I wanted to talk to you mostly today about the connection between Hollywood movies, TV shows and travel and how that inspires travel because there have been so many iconic films over the years that 
truly make a destination just like sets it on the map so I want to talk to you about a few that you think are the most iconic ones and also if there are any that have inspired you to travel to a place Mm, just so yeah look a lot of the times movies will have like advertising dollars behind it and it can become one big ad in a way but it works and it's effective because you'll watch this movie and you're like this place is magical and I have to be there straight away um I think one of the good LA-esque type movies with also like a dose of England in it is it is uh the 2006 I think it is 2005 movie The Holiday oh yes sorry (laughs) Big fan of that film. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> love a rom-com. Yes. Loves a rom-com. Yes. Love a rom-com. You can tell there from that extreme, extreme reaction. Um, I love the fact that you've got Cameron Diaz, who's just playing the quintessential LA producer. She's a movie trailer editor. So she's got a big house in it. Um, And that actual house, I looked it up because I thought it was around Beverly Hills somewhere where all the big mansions are. I believe Kyle, what's his last name from Kyle and Jackie O? Oh, Kyle Sandilands. Sandilands. He's got a house up tucked in there. And I thought it was like in that bougie part. Uh, but apparently it is somewhere in LA. There's a picture the, of it. The Santa Ana winds. <laughs> right? What even is that? Is that a thing? Uh, I didn't. I didn't really think so. But I live in like the the. They call it the Valley. It's basically anywhere north of like the Hollywood Hills, um, and it is stupid, stupid hot. But I, I'm about it. I like it there. <laughs> I got tape on my leg. Maud. Oh, good. I was packing. I was packing up some parcels. Um, this one is in the San Marino, San Marino in California, which is a small affluent city. But uh, the exterior of it is an actual place. And they've given the address. It's 1883 Orlando Road, but it's this stunning Mediterranean sort of house that has now wrought iron fences and like the, the, um, fountain in the front but it's just this like banging mansion that this woman with her boyfriend just happened to live in I'm talking this would be about a 2.7 million dollar place um, so that's that's like the the quintessential LA mansion that everyone wants and everyone uh, is aiming for does that does that narrative stack up like a, a movie trailer editor would they be making that much bank to no. afford a home? <laughs> I know a couple of friends that they do movie trailer editing and it's not a – they don't have $2.7 million mansions, no. <laughs> I love the idea of her having a, a full studio in there and she just hits one bunch. She's like, my work here is done. I'm going to go back <laughs> That to was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You got to put in the <laughs> sound. Uh, yeah. Get, gets the people seats – in the seats mm-hmm. at the cinemas. And I love the, the fact that you just have all of these Oscar winners as your neighbours. You just you just walk outside and there they are. Is that, is that what happens? That's a little true, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there is, like, um, if you're in a particular neighbourhood, like I live around a lot of the Five Seconds of Summer Boys. Oh, nice. So I will run into them in the streets often. Uh, Hilary Duff lives quite close to me. So, no. so that notion is true. Yep. What's like, I'll go to my exercise class and I'll look around and it's like, oh my gosh, she's all that. 
Rachel Lee Cook is there. Oh. Uh, half the cast of like, oh my gosh, there was an ex-Twilight, Vampire Diaries, uh, Lucy Hale. So like CW cast all in there looking amazing. I even saw Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, in, uh, now married to Joe Jonas in my um, training class. So yeah. That, that's amazing. I would not be able to keep my cool in that situation. And I'm a, and I'm a sweaty mess when I exercise. So good. Well, so are they, like, they earn their rigs. They go for it. They go for it. Uh, apart from Lucy Hale, who is just so stunning. And I think she wears makeup to class. A lot of the others, they're there to work out as well. So you do the whole thing. You're like, that kind of looks like, is that, I don't know. Cause you don't really see ever that version of them. Without right. any makeup on and getting their sweat on as well. So you, you start second guessing. You're like, I don't know. That could be uh, uh, Holly Madison and Ashley Tisdale also in that class as well. <gasps> wow. Holly Madison does not work out, hey. She like barely Whoa. lifts the weights. <laughs> I imagine she'd be a full hair and makeup to yes. the class yep. vibe. Yeah, she has her hair in her two uh, braided sort of plaits. Um, Oh, that's on brand for her, though. I kind of love that. Yeah. Um, so with the holiday, I actually went to – so when Cameron Diaz goes to the quaint little town when she does the swap in Surrey, so I went there a few years ago with a group of my girlfriends when I was living in the UK, and we thought, we've just got to go there. It looks so idyllic. Like it just looks amazing. We're going to go there for Christmas. So we booked this little Airbnb in the countryside and we went out there and I was pleasantly surprised that it is, it is as it says on the label. Like we got the, we got the full holiday experience. We went to the pub where she meets Jude Law, but I will say we went into so you know the scene where she's going and she buys all of her wine and cheese and the little old woman's like are you having a big party love and she's like (laughs) no it's wednesday (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we went okay this might be a little bit sad but we went to that same shop and we wanted to get all the the produce and uh, when we went there celeb spotting kerry katona oh wow okay yeah from is it atomic kitten Girls yeah, Allowed. Girls, girls Allowed. Yep. And she was with her, I think, I believe now ex-husband mm-hmm. with a whole trolley full of wine. I'm I'm talking concerning 40 bottles. Whoa. 40 bottles. Okay. And yep. I thought, we're going to remember this for a really long time. <laughs> Thank and you, Kerry. I wanted my sorry moment. <laughs> yeah. And... I don't want to say that that was the break, the reason for the breakdown of the marriage, but potentially. It's it's really something to note when an Aussie is, like, concerned yes, about drinking disturbed. habits. Yeah, yeah. Part of me did want to ask, like, maybe we should invite her over because she seemed, she seemed up for it. If you got 40 bottles of wine in oh, Surrey. I've got a great <laughs> story like that. I went to an – this is before I was even living here, but I went to some sort of party in the hills – and um, the, the guy having the party was a British guy and he loved yellowtail wine. He had Ooh. like a cellar full of yellowtail. He's like, it's so great. This stuff is fantastic. I was like, mate, that stuff's awful. Like it's cheap. And he's like, you're Australian. And I was like, yeah, you're British. And I um, got talking and I was like, so what do you do? Because I'm in your house. <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm in a band. And I was like, oh, yeah, what I've heard of it. And he's like, I don't know. Um, Muse? I was like. 
Oh. Yeah, I've heard of Muse. <laughs> well, let's just drink this $6 bottle of wine together, shall we? So the was it the, the front man? No, Dom, the drummer. Okay, so the drummer from Muse, one of the the biggest sort of, would we say, alt-rock bands mm. of our generation, loves to drink cat piss. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think the only reason why he talked to me was because I was Australian and he was excited because there was a kangaroo on the bottle. <laughs> Maybe he's so he's been so shunned for his, his taste for Yellowtail that he just thought, surely... Surely one of us that loves good that loves goon yes. of drinking from a literal goon sack I'm gonna find a friend here yeah and I was like mate then- your standards <laughs> are shocking <laughs> just trying to enjoy a glass of wine <laughs> but I mean you'll do it for the for a member of muse you'll you'll drink the yellowtail I'll drink the yellowtail I did I certainly did I'm so glad you went to that place because it's a little fun fact if you've watched The Holiday, um, that cottage of Kate Winslet's, the exterior, they built that whole cottage from scratch. Yep, there was a green patch of grass and it started off as being wooden frames and then by like two weeks' time, they'd completely, on the exterior only, built and weathered this cottage to make it look like it was like 150 years old. Yeah, they built the whole thing. Which seems a little bit bizarre to me that there wasn't just a, a freestanding cottage already there because... It's a cottage town. It's a cottage town. I just and love the word the cottage. cottage. <laughs> it's so fun to say. Mm, cottage. And the interior were all in sound stages anyway. So, like, they didn't need any of the... Yeah, I know, right? It's See, all a this lie. Is, this is what we're talking about. It's, it's all like, a don't lie. I trust anyone. Mm-hmm. That's why I've got trust issues. Fair, fair. Uh, but other other movies that have been shot in it's a town little town called Shear, um, where they built the shell for the Rose Hill Cottage. Rose Hill Cottage, I love cottage. it. <laughs> Honestly, like a little quaint cottage in a small country town. Oh, doesn't it just make you want to curl up by the fireplace with a bottle of yellow tail? Oh, no, went, <laughs> well, <I> went... <laughs> God, it was so idyllic until that. <laughs> Uh, but other movies that have been shot in this location are Four Weddings and a Funeral, Bridget Jones, oh. The Edge of Reasons, and The Wedding Date. So anytime they need like a quintessential English cottage town, they they will use this place, Shear, A-S-H-E-R-E. Shear. Okay, well, from what I understood from the locals there, they were very like casual people. And I think that it's like old money. So I can't imagine they'd be too stoked with like Hollywood coming in every few years and creating a film. Oh, my God, you sound so cute. Can you say oats again? (laughs) Porridge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Porridge. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Imagine places like that are actually really stoked that COVID's happening right now because it means that film sets aren't just not happening at the moment. Uh, Well... With that, nothing's happening in uh, America, really. Some have been opened back up. I got my show opened back up and then everything, the whole platform died. But a lot of uh, shooting is now in Canada, whether it's Toronto or Montreal, usually Toronto, uh, but also New Zealand. Some of it in Australia, but New Zealand is going off at the moment because they handled COVID. Um, And Australia actually has pretty good sort of... um, subsidies and you know money perks to to film in australia 
there's been quite a quite a few good movies actually. Uh, Aquaman was filmed there. I think The Invisible Man was filmed there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, House of Wax, starring Paris Hilton. Filmed on the Gold can... Coast, wasn't it? <laughs> on the Gold Coast. <laughs> One of my biggest claims to fame from being from the Gold Coast. It was shot not far from where I grew up, and where was that? Felt... I'm a Brizzy girl. Uh, do you know Oxenford? Like it's halfway between. It's like the very northern end of the Gold Coast. Mm. Um, like how near, close to Helen's Vale? <laughs> very near Helen's yep. Vale. Okay, then yes, I do. I used to work at this at the Logan Hyperdome, so <gasps> I would get start getting more familiar with that area. Eighteen-year-old Maud, ugh, would get the train down to Robina or whatever it was, and then yeah, party and surfers. You. Oh. Fuck yeah! Wow. To be eighteen the, again, the Hyperdome, uh, iconic, iconic landmark coming out of Brisbane. Yeah, I um, I used to catch that train. I went to uni up in Brisbane, so I, I know that route. For yeah, Logan, Logan Logenheim. Oh. <laughs> oh, Doors so closing. Please it? stand clear. Oh, good memories. That's incredible. <laughs> I used to, I used to hear it every afternoon. It's just stuck um, in there now. If um, the whole kind of shebang that you're doing right now doesn't work out, you could have a very illustrious career as a... For the Australian Transport Division. (laughs) Hell yeah. Just a little backup there. Um, Yeah, so I... Thor is happening at the moment, actually, here. Mm -hmm. It's about to kick off filming. A friend of mine literally ran into Natalie Portman in Coogee yesterday. Oh, yeah. She's there. She's like really, really begrudgingly getting into the workout for it. Like she's she's dragging her feet, man. I thought she was pregnant. Ooh, that's something that I should know. (laughs) But maybe not. Or maybe she's just had a child. It's a great question. It's so hard to know during COVID because everyone's really gone to ground, haven't they? Yeah. And also, like, if someone's got a bit of a belly, I'm just like, yeah, don't we all? We're all a little preggy, aren't we? A hundred percent. The Uber Eats pregnancy for me. Mm, I don't know. But Natalie Portman, I told her she was my hall pass. (laughs) During an interview. Yeah. That's, I think she would, that's fair. She would appreciate that and. It was right was at the end. Uh, it was the last thing that I said, and I think she went to shake my hand, and my hand was shaking and sweating so much that I just ran. I, I left. I, like, poured my heart out. I was like, it's always been you. No, it hasn't. I do think she's <laughs> I think she's so hot, though. <laughs> Imagine if you, you get, like, the, the footage from that, and it's just you just left in a, in a dust, a trail of dust, and she's just like, what was that girl? <laughs> Who was she? <laughs> what an enigma. I'll never forget this moment that I had with what's her name. Yeah. Oh, well, you do have, you do have a, uh, you leave an impression on people because the the Selena Gomez interview that you did that sparked the meme. Oh, I mean, God. that's pretty fucking incredible that you're responsible for creating one of the best memes out there. The Selena Gomez smiling, crying one where everyone's yeah. like, <laughs> like COVID trying to start exercising, but pizza. <laughs> I know I felt really bad about that. She was having a day, like she, she was going to pull all the interviews and she just was not, was not happy. Like not in like a being a diva. Like she was 
having a really emotionally draining, exhausting day. And she was barely keeping it together, but she... She absolutely muscled through the interviews. We only had two back to back. It was Channel 7 before me and then I had it. And like she was doing the the slow breathing kind of coming into the room because I think she'd just been crying. Um, And, you know, she could have pulled the plug. She could have been like, no, I don't want to do this. And, of course, you know, we had uh, one of her biggest fans in Australia do a little video message for her just saying how important she was and, you know, that – reason for living kind of thing so when we played it to her I think it kind of clicked this just like oh my god this is why I do what I do this is why I push through this is why it's important so yeah she was that's why she was crying smiling because it was a lot like it was so important to her but she also just wanted to break down in tears yeah when you get the context of of all because I know you've explained that before it it does give a, a new meaning to the meme obviously the meme itself is quite hilarious but you know, you would know this from interviewing celebs. You you never know what you're going to get when you walk into that room. You can be so incredibly prepared and very professional and you just have to be so reactive to whatever the celeb is going through. And, mm-hmm. and like everyone, sometimes they are having really shitty days, but I have so much respect for them when, you know, they are probably exhausted and tired and, and running the gamut of all the emotions, but when they come and they and they remain professional and they are just kind of honest in a respectful way I have yeah I think that's Uh, yeah I've had good interviews and I've had bad interviews but like Mm -hmm. I've also had the um I guess I've been I've worn the distaste of a previous interview so I've had I had a guy get kicked out of my interview with Jennifer Garner for being so rude he was an Aussie but he's, he's known for being a larrikin, and I call it disrespectful. Um, yeah. And his first question was just so rude. And she was like, are you kidding? And he's like, yeah, answer it. And she's like, we're mm. done. And so when I walked in, she was just like really flustered. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like that's yeah. that's really not cool. And let's try and clean the slate and have a good one. But it just wore, wore on her and it was she was affected by it. And I didn't get the best interview. But at the same time, I, I was mad at him, not her. Yeah. And I just, I really do hate that schlocky kind of interviewing and it really puts a bad name on, you know, journalists, interviewers at large. And it sucks because they, they carry that as well if they have a really shitty experience. So, you know, we try our best to disarm these situations. So it sounds like you, you did a good job at that, but yeah. I tried. You never know what you're going to get when you walk into that room. Yeah. The junket room is like a box of chocolates. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. I've had some totally fucked situations. Just a set visit that I did was like so, so awful. It was like all organized by the production house. I was flown there with all these other journalists and we waited around all day. We each had like five minutes with this actor and it kept getting pushed back and, and we kind of got the sense that the this actor just didn't want to do it at all and they said we're just doing one interview um so lisa we're gonna nominate you because you've got the most on-camera experience and you've got to ask questions on behalf of the other five journalists with three minutes to go and i was just like i really don't feel comfortable asking other people's questions but it was very pressure cooker and i I just had to jump in and do it because these people had been flown from like brazil london like all over the world and i just didn't want to let these people down and you could just tell that this actor just did not want to do it he just came up and the, the vibe was just awful and 
I pride myself on being really professional, doing all of my research. So I quickly scanned through the questions to try and just get the the ones that are just going to be so top line and, and not aggravate him at all. And mm. he just gave one word answers and it got to the point where I, I asked one question, which was um, I misaged his character, but we didn't have any information. It was a very closed, hush-hush set. So it was a, a very minor mistake, you know, calling his character a teenager, not an adult. And he just goes, is that seriously a question? And then just stormed off and I was just like, Oh, yeah, fucked. Who is yeah. that? Well, I, okay, I actually I have put some TikToks off about this, and I've not, I've not named him, but if you go onto my TikToks, you can see who it is. I feel, I feel a little bit anxious about actually name checking him. So did I. I did as well. But then there's been a couple of repeat offenders where I'm like, oh, you're just a dickhead. So I don't owe you yeah. anything. Like. I, I give everyone a bad day. Everyone's allowed to have a bad day. But yeah. there is, you start to learn pretty quickly who's having a bad day, who's putting it on for the camera, and then an asshole yeah. when the camera's off, and who's just an asshole 24 7. Yeah. And I and feel I, like I don't care who you are. I don't think anyone ha- has the right to be a dick. You don't earn yeah. the accolade of dickness, you know? Yeah. And so, because some of the best behaved, most sensational people that I've um, interviewed on camera off. They're just amazing. They've been in this game for a very long time. Matt Damon, Hugh Jackman, like they are just top of the line, amazing, amazing people. And it's sometimes it's like newcomers or others who've been in it for too long and they're just rusted and they just have such angst against media. Um, and it doesn't matter what kind of brilliance you bring to the table. They've already just gone, no, nah, I don't like you because I hate press. And yeah. that's really, really tricky. It's like, I'm trying to do my job. This is a part of your job. Let's just do our jobs together. Yeah. It, it really was just disrespect to me. It was like, and I'm also, I've come here on behalf of your team to help promote your film. And what you're telling me is you you don't think that my job is, is worthy, as worthy as your job. Because you could have just sucked it up for five minutes. Yeah. And and just and just done that and it, to not even be able to do that, I thought well, you've got a lot to learn here and it's put such a bad taste in my mouth about this person. But you know, there've been some incredible interviews too, so they're not they're not all bad. But you know, the, those interviews that just stick with you are kind of. I have told a male actor who kept sidetracking my questions and lying and like trying to do a funny joke where he was just like, no, that's not true. That actor wasn't even in this movie. And I'm like, yeah, they were. And I'm like, I've got three minutes. And they just kept being such a brat. And I just went, I'm so sorry, but your breath stinks because you continuously talk shit. And he was like, whoa. And I was like, so can we just try and just not talk shit? Can we? Because I've got, How I've good. got one more Call, minute. Calling him. Yeah, and he respected it, weirdly enough. And he was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. I just, like, couldn't help it. I was like, oh, yeah, you're breastings because you're talking shit. And I don't, I don't have time for this. So, come on, try again. And I, I, I have no, I've no, and- yeah, I've got, <laughs> if someone wants to be a brat, I'm just going to check them real quick because especially if it's my last minute, all I do after yeah. that is walk out the door. So. I need to, I need to learn from you. I need to take a bit of that um I've just seen the time and oh yeah we've been talking uh, but I mean I this is what I 
I love about doing podcasts. Like you can have every intention of going one direction and I'm not mad at all where we went because. Well, this um, is a vacay podcast. So we would like to yes. take you to Tangent City. Uh, <laughs> Lisa is the mayor, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I voted her in. So yeah, we've just been spending, spending some time here. Well, I don't want to embarrass you, but this has been such an honor talking to you because I, I, grew up watching you on TV and I would rush home to watch you on TV and I just was so in awe of you and yeah I don't I I feel like seeing you sort of get your start as a presenter inspired me in a lot of ways because no I thought way. you were yeah you were just so good so professional but you just you brought something that no one else had and oh I, a personality yeah. yes completely like a personality with considered um remarks it was it was eye-opening for me but yeah this has been such a hoot talking to you oh that means that I'm blushing I'm absolutely (laughs) blushing that's so lovely I don't often if ever hear that kind of feedback so that's means a lot means a lot to me oh well um yeah I'm just I'm so happy for you you're killing it and I just want to say stay safe over there yeah I'll try not to die (laughs) please um and I guess when you when you finally get to come home I'd love to meet you sometime that would be lovely because that's the goal to get back home yes yeah and we can a couple of years support (laughs) women in media completely um all right well I will let you go um again thank you so much but before then actually I want to put a little put you on blast a little bit here yeah. how can people find you um yeah consume all of your content I'm gonna give you a little bit of a, a plug moment here ah oh, fantastic social media it's all at Maud Garrett two hours two t's in Garrett uh if you like watching geeky content then head to youtube.com slash geek bomb but if you like watching people play video games head to twitch.tv slash geek bomb because that's my little side hustle uh where I get my nerd on Amazing. Well, um, I hope everyone goes there and and gets nerdy with you. (laughs) Get nerdy and dirty, (laughs) baby. (laughs) I'm absolutely not going to cut that out. Um, Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you.